You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, obviously this morning we're doing something really different than what would be kind of our normal Sunday morning services. We're celebrating family and engaging our children and our teens in our time of worship. So usually the children like have their own time of worship, something that uh, maybe is more appropriate to their age. But we thought, wow, for this big event, it would be great to bring everyone together. And so that's why they've been a part of leading us in worship, not just joining us, but actually leading us in worship. How does that feel to have the children lead us in worship? Isn't that pretty awesome? Wow. Well, also this morning, we have uh, Pastor Scott with us on the platform, and so he and I are going to be tag-teaming this message today, so we'll see how that works out. We did okay the first two services, made it through, so I'm confident that we'll make it through this service. But this is, again, all a part of our family celebration throughout all of our services services today. Uh, We have baptized 11 individuals and dedicated 12 babies. So it's been like a busy morning celebrating new life, the new life that has come for families, but also new life that's come for individuals who have embraced Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So again, it's been a a fun morning of, of celebration. Well, today, as we have our children in the sanctuary with us, we want to talk about a subject that we get to practice like on a weekly basis, maybe on a, on a daily basis. What we're going to talk about today is this, choosing to do right when we've been done wrong. Turn to your neighbor and say, choosing to do right when we've been done wrong. How many of you know there's plenty of opportunity to work on this one in our lives? Often we're done wrong and we have to determine then how are we going to respond. Will we respond in a God-honoring way? Or we respond uh, in a way that makes others pay. Again, that's kind of the choice that's before. So let me just give you a few real life scenarios this morning, kind of just to get your mind thinking about this topic and about your own life. Let's say that there's someone, an individual who slanders you or uh, attacks your character or speaks hurting words against you. How do you respond to that individual? How do you respond to their words that like cut deep to your heart? Or how about this one? Maybe this is one for the adults that you can identify with. You're driving down Interstate 77 with the barriers on both sides. And all of a sudden someone flies by you texting while they're driving and then they cut right in front of you. Do you pray blessings over them or are there other words that you speak? How do you respond? And folks, this is the real life stuff. This is like where the walking out of our faith really happens, right? Yeah, I think it's pretty easy on a Sunday morning to come here when you have Pastor Justin and all these talented individuals leading us in worship. I think it's pretty easy to look holy on Sunday, but what does it look like on Monday? Mm-hmm. What does it look like when someone's just jabbed you with a word or someone's cut you off on the interstate? What is the response that you have? Or how about this? How do you respond when, when, when someone doesn't follow through with what they said they were going to do? In other words, they leave you hanging. They didn't do what they said they were going to do, and it cost you. How do you respond to that? Or maybe something for our children. I don't think this happens as much for adults. But for our children and teens, what about that individual who bullies you at school? Individual who... Maybe hits you, hurts you 
is like using intimidation against you. How do you respond? How do you respond when you're, when you're done right What's the, or done wrong? What's the response that comes from your mouth? I think if we're honest this morning, our human tendency, so not talking about our Christ tendency or the Christ within us, our human tendency is to want to make others pay, right? If they do us wrong, what? We want to get even with them, not just get even. Our, our human tendency out of our flesh we want to do better than get even. We want to get ahead. We want to, we want to make them pay. I mean, if they hurt us verbally, we want to respond what in a similar fashion. They jab us with words. We want to jab them a little harder and a little deeper. Again, that's kind of the, 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 uh, the response out of our humanity. But this is the exact opposite of how God directs us to respond. God says when someone curses you, you're to bless them. God says when someone injures you, hurts you, well, you're, you're to respond with, with acts of kindness. In Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 18, listen, listen how the scripture reads. Do not repay evil for evil. In other words, don't repay wrong with wrong. It goes on to say, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, on your part, live at peace with everyone. How many of you know, that's one of the verses in the Bible that's a whole lot easier to talk about, to read, than it is to live out. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge for us to do right when we've been done wrong. But the reality is, here's the reality, in the process of life, in navigating relationships, you will be done wrong. It's going to happen. Sometime this coming week, it's going to happen. It may be unintentional or it may be intentional, but this is what I know. Other people, your mate, family member, peers at school, peers at work, someone's going to injure you. At that point, you have to determine how are you going to respond. Are you going to respond in a God-honoring fashion or in an ungodly way? Are you going to respond with kindness or are you going to demand payment for that point of injury? Well, this morning, we want to learn from a story of someone who was done wrong, like he was really taken advantage of. But instead of making his brothers pay, what's interesting in this story is he responded with kindness. The man's name is Joseph. Joseph's story is the story of a young man who turned an unfair situation, a situation of injustice, into a situation that God used for his good and for the very good of those who took advantage of him, for those who betrayed him, those who, who injured him. When given the opportunity, when Joseph had the opportunity to get even with his brothers for their betrayal, he chose to bless them instead. Rather than making them pay, he chose to, to show them kindness. So his story, Joseph's story, you could go home later today and read the whole story. His story is recorded for us from Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis chapter 45. It's a great story. I would encourage you to read the whole story. But this morning, we want to summarize the story uh, with a little video that I think will be interesting for you. This is Joseph, who was the son of Israel and Rachel. But he had 11 brothers who hated him and sold him into slavery. After being put in jail, 
Joseph told of the future of Egypt when he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, and Joseph found favor with the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh made Joseph a leader in his kingdom. Just as Joseph had told the Pharaoh, Egypt had seven years of abundance. Then the seven years of abundance came to an end, and the seven years of famine began. Just as Joseph had said, but the Egyptians had food to eat because Joseph had planned for the famine. There was famine in all the other lands, and many came to Joseph to buy food. There was even a famine in the land that Joseph came from. So when Israel heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent his sons to buy some. But Israel did not send Benjamin with the others, because he was afraid that harm might come to him. When Joseph's brothers came to him, Joseph recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger. Aha! So Joseph decided to test his brothers. He had his interpreter tell them to send for Benjamin, who had stayed home. Him. And then he threw his brothers in jail for three days. On the third day, Joseph let all but one of the brothers take grain to their starving households, with the instruction to bring Benjamin back. But Joseph provided for his brothers' journey and gave them grain and silver. The brothers did exactly as Joseph instructed, as they were scared that God was punishing them for what they had done to Joseph so many years before. They traveled home to their father's house, then back to Egypt. Now that he had seen that they brought Benjamin, Joseph was overwhelmed, so he released the brother who was still in prison. But Joseph decided to play one more trick on his brothers. He sent the brothers away, but told his servant to hide his silver cup in Benjamin's bag. Then Joseph told the servant to go after the brothers and retrieve the cup. The brothers hadn't traveled far before the servant stopped them and accused them of stealing the cup. Joseph could no longer control himself before his attendants. He made them leave so he could be alone with his brothers, and he told his brothers who he really was. Ta-da! He told them of his life and all he had experienced, and he forgave them for what they had done. God was with Joseph and took care of him and showed him favor. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Scott. I have the privilege of overseeing the kids' ministry. You saw me up there just a few minutes ago. And I love the story of Joseph. I, I love the lessons, the principles that are learned from it. Um, what we didn't see in the video is why did his brothers hate him so much? Well, for one, his dad gave him a special coat. And then two, he had two dreams. In both his dreams, he couldn't wait to tell his brothers. And the dream was basically this. Hey, there was all this grain, and it was my grain, and your grain bowed to my grain, and that's going to be you one day. Oh, and by the way, there was sun and moon and stars, and those 11 stars, they all bowed to me, and you're going to bow to me. For some reason, his brothers didn't like him too much. I don't know. So I think what they had, what we would known as sibling rivalry. How many of you have at least one sibling? How many can tell stories? 
So can I. I have two brothers, and I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and I could not wait to Saturday mornings rolled around because Saturday mornings was WWF wrestling. How many watched it? Had Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, and the Macho Man, Randy Savage, right? So my brothers and I would watch it, and as soon as it was over, we wanted to recreate what we had just watched. And it always ended up in real fighting. And mom had to put on her referee shirt, which was whatever she was wearing at the moment, to come in and break it up. And so there was sibling rivalry, even I had with my brothers. And for them, they had a lot of issues with their brother. And so when they had the opportunity to get rid of him, they were going to kill him. But finally, Reuben, the oldest brother, said, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not kill him. Let's sell him and make some money off of him. And so they did that. And so they thought when they had done this that, hey, we finished off our brother. We had the luxury of God's word to know the rest of the story. And I love what Genesis 50:20 says. It's my favorite verse in the book of Genesis. Because here's what he said. Here's what uh, Joseph said at the end of the book. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. That's huge. For him to get to the end of the book and say, you thought this was bad, but God had a plan. So there's four lessons we're going to look at this morning based off the life of Joseph. The first is this, choose to forgive those who have done you wrong. Now, is that easy? No, of course it's not easy. Here's what Colossians 1.13 says. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. When you forgive others, you are taking on the nature of Christ. You are being Christ-like when you forgive. Because he has forgiven you, you forgive others. We may use this phrase. I use this phrase. Your kids use this phrase. It's not fair. Right? Because life on earth isn't fair. Absolutely not. But there is a place that is fair. And that's called heaven. And this isn't heaven. So things don't always turn out the way we want them to. Right? Okay? And so what happens is we want grace and mercy extended to us. When you make a mistake, don't you want your wife or your husband, or your children, or your employer to extend grace to you? But how often do we not want to extend that same grace? Right. So, there's an epidemic that's been around since Cain and Abel called bullying. Right? And so for me, in 6th grade, I was short. When I went to 7th grade, I made the basketball team, and I knew in 7th grade I was 4 feet 11. So in 6th grade, I was even shorter. So the biggest kid in the school sat right next to me in class in 6th grade. His name was John. And John was the bully. He was the bully of the school, and he sat next to me, so guess what I had to do every day? Give him my homework. Because he said, if you don't give me your homework, I will hit you. And he did. And so here's some things I didn't realize at that time. One is I should have made somebody aware. So if that's happening, you need to make some adult, your parents, somebody aware. But also, when you, t- when you forgive somebody, you take the power away. Because so many times when we don't forgive, we internalize it. And we don't want to forgive, and then it eats us up. And that person may have done something wrong to you, and we, we sometimes even forget about it. So that leads us to point number two. It's so important that we choose to forgive others. I think that's the first step. We're going to do right when, we, when we've been done wrong. We have to choose to give grace. If not, there's this thing called bitterness that kind of settles within us. And it's like impossible to do right for others who've done us wrong, when there's still that bitterness in our lives. So, Pastor Scott's right. First step is we want to choose to forgive others. Here's the second step that can help us do right when we've been done wrong. Is we want to treat others the way we want to be treated. 
Treat others the way we want to be treated. How many of you remember the golden rule? Come on. Matthew seven twelve. This is what Jesus said. In case you forgot it, we have it on the screen. Let's read it together. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Notice in everything, in every point of injury, in every point of wrong. We want to, do, we want to treat others. We want to respond to others in a way that we want them to treat us. So here's a great place for a question this morning. How do you want others to treat you? Really loud. With grace, I heard that. We want others to treat us with grace. With respect, there's a big one. We want others to treat us with respect. Love, absolutely. We want others to be loving toward us. Honor, we want others to honor us. I'm sorry. Kindness. Is that what he said? Kindness? Yeah. We want others to treat us with kindness. So here's what I would encourage you to do. And it, it, takes, it takes a little work. But the next time someone wrongs you with words or actions, if you could pause just for a moment, don't react. Because that's what gets us in trouble when we react. As we talked about last week, well, we engage our mouths before we engage our brain and it gets us in trouble. But if you can pause just for a moment and ask yourself this question, how do I want others to treat me? And whatever the answer is to that question, if you will follow that, you're going to honor God in your life and you're going to do right rather than doing wrong. Who's going to to ask the question? How do I want others to treat me? See, I think Joseph asked that question because we see him responding to his brothers. Now, these are the very ones who betrayed him, sold him into slavery. Now he comes to a place of power, a place of, of prominence in Pharaoh's court. Like he could have made his brothers his own slaves. He could have imprisoned his brothers. He could have even taken their lives. But I think Joseph... Pause and he asked this question, how do I want others to treat me? Like with respect, with honor, with kindness, with generosity. And that's the way he treated his brothers. So to do right when we've been done wrong, we need to pause and ask this question. How do I want others to treat me? And allow that to determine either your words or your actions. So point three, choose to repay harm with good. When we are mistreated, human nature is, if you treat me wrong, I treat you wrong, right? That's, that's human nature. So how do we not use the human nature that's in us when somebody does something wrong? Okay, because in ourselves, we can't. But you know who helps us? It's the Holy Spirit. So when we've been treated wrong, we have that choice to say, am I going to operate out of my flesh? Or am I going to let the Spirit come inside? I'm going to let him speak through me. Joseph had the ultimate opportunity to repay his brother. Sometimes we're like, if I could only get them back, but I can't find the opportunity. He had the opportunity. His brothers came to see him wanting grain and had no idea their brother was alive. And Joseph has all his attendants leave the room and it's him and his brothers. And he goes, hey guys, it's me. And here's what he said. How's dad? Is he still alive? And here's what 40, chapter 45, verse 3 says. They were speechless. Why were they speechless? Because what was going on in their minds? How many of you can think a lot of things in one second? 
Some of your men are going, he's wearing a pink shirt. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of things that go in our mind that I'm sure as soon as he asked that question, they were not really thinking about dad. They were thinking, we're dead. He is going to kill us. He has the power. But that wasn't what Joseph did. He chose to forgive them. He wanted to check on his father who he had not seen in over 13 years. He was not repaying evil with evil. 1 Peter 3.9 Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. I'm imagining his brothers kind of being the Home Alone series with Kevin when he realizes mom and dad are left. Remember? Hands over face and then lets out the yell because, oh no, that had to have been them. But I'm sure he reassured them like, hey, I do not hold this against you. I do not hold this against you. Because chapter 45, verse 7, here's what he says to them. He says, God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and save your lives by a great deliverance. Joseph could see more of the story. He could see how the puzzle came together. And he chose to forgive. You know, also as we repay harm for good, it's amazing how it gives us an opportunity to speak of who Christ is in our lives. Because how many of you know, when you repay harm with good, that's not normal in our culture today. It's not normal in our world. So people are like, wait, what's so different about you? And it gives you then an opportunity to speak of the reality of Christ in your life. Well, here's the fourth thing we see in Joseph's life. As we think about, okay, doing right when I've been done wrong is this... When you choose to respond in that way, it opens your life for God's favor, for God's blessing, for God's work in and through your life. This is what I can guarantee you this morning. If you, if you respond in a way that's uh, vengeful, in a, in a way that's like, I'm going to make you pay, uh, I'm going to settle the score, rather than opening your life to God's blessing, it actually closes your life to God's blessing. You're doing the opposite. You're doing the opposite of God's way and the opposite of God's word. But when you choose to bless those who curse you and show kindness to those who wrong you, listen, you'll be amazed at how God works in your life and through your life. We see this truth illustrated in Joseph's life. Even though his brothers uh, betrayed him and sold him into slavery, Joseph never became angry. He never became bitter. I mean, read the story. He had this amazing attitude. So they sell him into slavery, and now he's a slave in Potiphar's house. And if you read his story, um, like it gets worse from there. And you're wondering, how could it get worse? But the boss's wife falsely accused Joseph, and Joseph goes from slavery to prison. And it's interesting, even as he's in prison, because his attitude is right. How many of you know attitude really matters? Because his attitude is right. He doesn't become angry. He doesn't become bitter. He doesn't become vengeful. It's like God's with him. That's exactly what the scripture says. God was with Joseph in prison. And he comes to this place of prominence, this role of leadership, even as he's in prison. Why? Because his attitude was right. And then there came the day, a day by God's direction, where he had an opportunity to interpret Pharaoh's dream. And like one day he goes from prison to the palace. Pretty amazing story for a young man who started out as a slave to end up second in command. Empowered all of Egypt. 
And as he comes to this, this, this prominent position, he has this opportunity to settle the score with his brother. I mean, here comes his sorry, no good brothers, the one who sold him into slavery. And he has an opportunity like to, to get even with them, to get ahead, to make them pay, but he doesn't do that. And out of this, out of Joseph's story, we see God working to redeem and restore. We see God working to bring salvation, not only for his brothers, but like for thousands of people in Egypt. It's an amazing story. But what? It was Joseph's right response. When he's done wrong, he responded right. And God worked in his life and through his life in an amazing way. And listen, I don't think Joseph's story is like some anomaly, like some, like some special story, like Joseph was some chosen guy. I actually believe that God will do the same for each of us. That God will do the same for you. When you... Do right when you've done wrong. What it opens your life for God's favor. It opens your life for God's blessing. You know, it's interesting as you come to the end of Joseph's story. His his life is summarized in one verse. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20 reads like this. It's on the screen. Would you read this with me? Let's read this together. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So he's speaking this to his brothers. He's saying to his brothers, hey, you intended to mess me up. But because my response was right, God honored my response. Now, it was quite a time span. He was 17 when he was sold into slavery. He was 30 when he came to this prominent role of leadership in the nation of Egypt. There's about a 13-year span there. But what Joseph consistently, continually responded right when he was done wrong, and God showed up and worked on his behalf. And again, listen, he'll do the same for you. Well, we want to do right when we've been done wrong so that we can honor God, not only honor God, but so that we can be positioned for God to work in our lives, so that he can bring his goodness, he can work his salvation in our lives, and through our lives, just like He did Joseph. God, help us to do right when we've been done wrong. Amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank You this morning for this story recorded for us in the history of, of Israel. The story of Joseph, so many lessons, so much we can learn. But Lord, what we see in the big picture of Joseph's story is he was done wrong, but he responded right. And because of that, God, it's so obvious your hand on Joseph's life, how you took him from that place of slavery and that place of prison to a place of prominence, how you brought favor on his life, again, because he responded right when done wrong. Wow, God, what a lesson for us, for our children, for our teens, for the adults here this morning. With every head bowed and eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the very things we've talked about today. Possibly, possibly there's someone in your life who's wronged you, who's offended you, who's insult you, who's hurt you. They've wronged you and you've not forgiven them. You've not let it go. You've not given grace and mercy to them in the midst of that situation. Maybe it was something really bad. I mean, like Joseph. I mean, can you imagine his own brothers betraying him and selling him as a slave? Quite an injustice. But this is what I know. If we're going to be able to do right when we're done wrong, the first step is we have to be willing to let it go. We have to be willing to forgive.
So I ask you this morning, is there someone in your life that you've been holding on to a point of offense? There was a wrong, there was an injustice that was done to you. Maybe it was words that was spoken. And you've not forgiven that individual. Today's the day to let it go. Today's the day, not only for you to be set free, but for you to set someone else free. So think about your relationships. Is there anyone? Holy Spirit, shine a spotlight in our heart. Is there anyone in our lives that we need to forgive? If there would be someone this morning, I would invite you. You have to say this prayer out loud. But if there's someone you need to forgive today, someone who's done you wrong that you need to let go of, that, I'm going to invite you. Just right there where you're seated to pray this prayer with me. Lord, thank you for your mercy and grace to me. Today, I choose to forgive. State their name, whatever their name would be. I choose to forgive for this individual for their wrong against me. I choose to let it go. Rather than making them pay, I choose to forgive the offense And I ask you, God, to bless them in their lives. And Holy Spirit, I pray not only for myself, but for everyone here today. Because this is what I know. Sometime this week, we're going to have an opportunity to put this sermon to work. Someone's going to wrong us with with their words or with their actions. They're going to do us wrong and we're going to have an opportunity to do that which is right. And, And what I know... Holy Spirit, is it's not natural within us to respond with blessing. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you help us. That you would help us pause just for that moment and to ask this question, how do I want others to treat me? And Lord, may that direct our response, that we might do right when we've been done wrong. And God, what I know is we consistently do that as with Joseph. It opens our lives, God, for you to work in us and through us. It opens our lives for your favor and blessing. So, Holy Spirit, help us do right when we've been done wrong. In our classrooms at school, in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, and in our families. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.